Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Texas Podcast Massacre. I am your host, Tank Rodriguez. Joined with me is uh, Dirty Dirty Derek, Jimothy James Dean. We will get into their intros here in a second, but I do want to say something really quick uh, before we go. We This is episode 92. We are on the road to episode 100 of the Tank Rodriguez Show altogether. And I just can't, I can't believe it. It started off with me and Dirty Derek uh, in October, almost a year ago in October. And, you know, it, 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 I just never thought, you know, I've, you know, me personally, I, I've never, uh, not that this is the relationship show, but I've never really accomplished a lot. <laughs> you know, I've kind of like, eh, I'm bored, you know, next thing. Uh, but this is like the most, uh, uh, this is the, the thing that I've, I've actually done the most in my life that I'm really proud of it. So uh, I'm excited to get to episode 100. It's going to be exciting. Um, got some good ideas, you know, what we're going to do here, you know, when it comes time. Hopefully we get everyone in the gang uh, with the Tank Rodriguez show on. Um, and we'll see how that goes. But yes, let's, without further ado, Dirty, Dirty Derek, how are you doing today, sir? Good, man. I, episode 92, huh? I mean, episode 92. It's, hard, it's hard, hard to believe. I feel like when we, we, we uh, get to 100, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually have to change my name. I'm going to be uh, Mr. Clean. I'm not going to be Dirty Derek anymore. I'm going to be Mr. Clean. I'm going to be like Diddly Do. Mr. Clean 100. Mr. Clean 100. 100. Uh, I'm talking about a, a GD heck of a time here. on a, Heck of a Heckem, 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 heckem. We're gonna clean this. We're gonna clean this up. We're gonna talk about PG thirteen horror movies with no no nips and, uh, and no soapy butts. Uh, I will I'll, quit this podcast. Like, I'll, I'll, clean, I'll clean up your act, Jimothy. Uh, oh. No, I'm super excited. Yeah, we we talked about some ideas uh, the other day. Um, most of all, uh, harassing our our other favorite uh he doesn't listen to the show so he, <laughs> yeah. you know he doesn't listen to it so you know what we're gonna do uh, uh, uh jimothy uh yeah. we're just gonna clown on tanner the whole time like we, for, we, we should we have, we'd have a combined <laughs> what we were planning to do is having a combined show with all everybody from all the podcasts to talk about like a theme or something like that it's like interconnected but we wouldn't plug in Tanner's mic. So we're just going to let him go on a long diatribe for the whole podcast. We're going to let him have the most speaking time ever. It's going to be a really quiet podcast. He's going to be recognizing that his thing when we play it back is, is not recorded at all. That's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's either that or we're just going to like throw slides at him and he's not going to know why. Like everyone's yeah. just being a complete jerk to him. <laughs> yeah. yelled at Whatever him, works. Like, Look, Tanner. Um, I'm down. That's your real name. Yeah, that's your, <laughs> yeah, that's your alias. Is today not a well, good day? Actually, Did it's you have not, to use it, your AK? No, no, that's you know that's the thing. And now that I think about it, that's not his first name. It's not. It's Kenneth. It's Kenneth. Wait, what? Yeah, Wait. and we make so many REM references to him, and he doesn't get it. What? What's the frequency? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He's Kenny. not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah and then of course last but not least we got hey you got a haircut too bud look I at did. you yeah look at you post post so corona fresh. yeah dude like uh, it's, it was time it was like i hadn't had a haircut since my birthday so it's been almost uh almost five months oh wow yeah i was looking a little, i was looking a little shaggy so i decided to uh 
get get my ears lowered as they old oh, men say. God. I wish I had a button that could go wah 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 wah. Well, I do have that button, but you're not here. <laughs> Jimothy, how you doing? Sup, sup, sup! Yeah! Uh, that is a sup. That is a sup if I've never heard one before. I'm, it's, it's honestly just a mask might in her pain. So, but uh, no, I'm oh good, man. Uh, it's like your wubba lubba dub dub. Exactly. Sup, 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 sup! They're in the hurt deep within sups. Exactly. So no, man, I'm doing good. I'm uh, I'm eating healthy. I'm running. Um, I'm I, I have a new lease on life. Uh, to make the most of uh, these fucking bananas times we live in. So absolutely. Uh, hey, at my too. age, yeah, yeah. And Derek, by the way, you're looking. Uh, you're looking svelte, man. You're looking good, brother. Yeah, yeah man. Sure? Those arms look pretty jacked when you went to. You know, that, that humble flex when you went to the right. little scratch your head. Gotta you're like, oh, these 22-inch pythons, brother. That's right. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna, this, this, is, in, in six months, this podcast is just going to turn into a, uh, a weightlifting podcast. Uh, right. yeah. be doing don't don't tell Tanner movies, that. So doing, some, doing, some, doing some benches. Do exactly. some deadlifts. Some dead man lifts. That's my favorite. That's my favorite exercise is the deadlift. That's right. Yeah. Going to talk about Hellraiser today. Oh. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. you know, I'm going to ask y'all a quick question. I'm going to step yeah. away for one second. But what did y'all watch this week or these past couple of weeks? Oh, I watched man. a lot. Watched some good, watched some bad. Yeah, you, go had a, you, you had a list. Uh, so I'll I, let you go first because I did not have a list, but I, I did watch a lot too. Well, I made a list because I, I was actually watching so many and I wanted to just make notes of the one that I actually wanted to talk about. Um, so the first thing, um, first off, let me just say, my ability to burn through television series is uh, Phenomenal. surprising even to me. It's an um, art. It's an art I've, I can't even tell you all of the series I've watched. I'm, I'm currently on uh, the HBO original Deuce, The Deuce, which is fucking great, by the way. I don't, doesn't get is that the, uh, the one with... Uh, James, James Franco? Franco, Maggie Gyllenhaal, Emily Mead. Yeah, like, um, set in, like, it's actually, like, even though horror movies don't play, like, a, a role in it, like, they pop up here and there in some tangential reasons. But it's basically, you know, it's it's New York in the 70s uh, through, there's three seasons. I'm at the end of, I'm actually on the season finale of season two right now. But they take place through a few years. But it's, like, the height of 42nd Street in Manhattan. So pimps and prostitutes and the rise of the porn industry um but there is it there's exploitation films get brought up cheap horror movies get brought up in it but it's a great it's actually just a great show and, and anything period i'm a big fan of and they do manage to capture that 70s vibe of new york really well um but anyways i'm watching that um but let's talk about some horror movies so the first thing i wanted to talk about um uh that i watched and I, this was i hadn't realized we hadn't recorded in a while but um this was a while ago but is um, the TV movie Cast a Deadly Spell uh, that's actually currently on HBO Max. You can watch it. Clancy Brown in that one? He is. So I remember the movie from when it came out. Um, so it's, a, it's basically like a film noir, but in a universe. So it, it's, it's very obviously tied into the Lovecraft mythology. In fact, the, the, the main, uh, um, uh, the main character, um, who is played by, um, uh, I don't want to say Sam Neill. Um, 
what is his name? Um, Tremors, who wasn't uh, uh, Fred Ward. So Fred, Fred Ward, Ward oh, stars okay. as Harry P. Lovecraft. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, and it's basically like this weird, <laughs> like, do you guys remember? I mean, I remember in the early 90s and mid 90s when all of a sudden like film noir and like 50, like fake film noir was really popular. 40s films were like everything was trying to like be a throwback. Like, and a lot of them were kind of like this amalgamations, but it's basically a film, neo film noir about this universe where everybody uses magic, um, except for private detective, Harry P. Lovecraft. Um, uh, you know, and, uh, does, he, does P stand for Peter? I think it does, actually. I, I'm, ah. I'm not even kidding. Um, Harry Peter. Uh, <laughs> let me see, actually, if it, they say his full name. Uh, it doesn't say here. But anyways, okay. it, it, it's, so it's a very weird movie. Um, you know, it's basically like he's trying to find the Necronomicon. It's actually her early Julianne Moore uh, role, too, so she's pretty young in this. Um, it's a goofy movie, but it's actually really fun. Um, and the cast is great. I mean, Clancy Brown plays um, the uh, like the sort of mob boss that's in it. Um, David Warner, who's always great, he plays this this like rich guy who's basically trying to find like get his stolen Necronomicon back. He's a quote unquote book collector, um, but you know, it plays really heavy into the Lovecraft mythology. There's some really fun practical effects. In fact, there's this gargoyle creature that um, basically is like David Warner's um, like heavy, like he's basically like his lackey. Um, it's man in suit. It looks really cool. There's some really cool practical effects. In fact, the end, the last sequence, like the, um, the third act has this basically a very like Lovecraftian style monster. Uh, it's all practical effects and it's really cool, man. Like it's, it's, it's not, I wouldn't say it's a great movie, but it's definitely a fun movie. And as somebody who likes Lovecraft mythology and, you know, film noir, like it was a very interesting combination in that nineties kind of way. But I, I'm such a big fan of Fred Ward too. I think he's always really good. And I think he's the perfect guy to play uh, like a gumshoe sort of character. But so the, I watched that. That was really fun. Um, I watched this movie called Mary, um, which uh, should have been good. <laughs> um, so uh, the cast is great. I mean, it's got Gary Oldman and Emily Mortimer. So two fucking really great actors. Um, it's basically the story of a haunted boat. Uh, and it's just, and I mean, the thing is it starts off well. The, the script is pretty solid. The acting is really good. There's a lot of like human element to it, like human relationship drama elements into it. It just, it's not, it's the least scary movie I've ever seen. The further the movie goes on, the less you care. It's it's, and it's got pretty good reviews. Like I I I I heard it recommended from a few people, and then I finished watching. I was like, that's one of the most forgettable movies I've ever seen. And again, it's I mean, it's shocking because I was like, yeah, that's, I mean, I mean, Gary Goldman too. Like he can he can do he anything. Can, he could yeah, he he could play anything. Creepy roles, so, stock creepy roles. And that's the, what's weird is like his his role is so almost kind of one-dimensional i know it was very it was it was a very it was it was pretty disappointing um so that was a disappointment i watched this movie called monster island which is a sci-fi original and i felt like i should bring it up because i have talked recently about um 
uh, people like or on this podcast, I've, I've mentioned several times about I'm a big Godzilla fan and, and Kaiju fan and Giant Monster. And it's this movie is basically trying to basically be like a new version. I mean, it's called Monster Island, which is already fucking a ripoff anyways. But I mean, it's typical sci-fi movie bullshit, but it's also like <laughs> Eric it, Roberts. Yeah, which is what you know you're in for when Eric Roberts. Oh, yeah. It's Eric Roberts is especially bad in this, too. It's like he just does not. He's he's basically reading from cue cards. It's so bad. Um, but the, like monster designs are fucking stupid. And like it's I don't know. Anyways, it's a sci fi original, but uh, I don't know what I was expecting. But it basically like trying to basically do like a new kaiju universe but it's fucking terrible and all the monster designs are fucking whack like the main the main monster throughout is basically like a giant starfish which could be cool but this one isn't um anyways so that was a piece of shit um i watched a movie though that actually kind of took me by surprise um uh that i hadn't hadn't heard of but i saw advertised um i don't know if it was on hulu or i think it was hulu not netflix um but it's the movie Villains. Um, oh, I saw that. In, I saw that in the theaters uh, with uh, Jeffrey Donovan. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, he plays the. Yeah. It's Bill Skarsgård, so he's yeah. you know weird that he's not in some kind of makeup, but um, you know, uh, Ky- Ky- Kyra Sedgwick, who's a fucking great actress. Um, oh yeah. I mean, the movie is so wholly unoriginal. There's so many movies that have done the same thing that you know it's like well this the plot basically it's the plot of these this young guy and girl they're bank robbers uh or thieves they held up like a liquor store and they're on the run their car breaks down inside this house they try to get in the house to basically find a car or steal some gas or whatever and it turns out to be they find this young girl chained up in the basement cut to now they're trapped in this house with this weirdo couple um i mean you've seen this kind of thing in the past like you know this you know i mean there's elements of of um uh people under the stairs yeah that's what i was gonna say like i mean short of not having like uh deformed sun-starved uh yeah grown men under your stairs like essentially that's really like the weird 1950s couple i'm not incestuous as far as i know but um yeah (laughs) but yeah i mean the thing is it it's like the script isn't isn't anything special um but the, but it's anchor. I think Bill Skarsgård is actually. He's. Re, I think he's good in it. I think he plays that. Like yes, he's a bad guy, but is he a bad guy? And um, he, he's like a fuck up. I mean, that's like yeah, he's, he's he's not like compared to like Jeffrey Donovan's character, who who is definitely a bad guy. Yes. Um, you know, and the other this, they're this especially creepy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's he's like I mean he's a thief and stuff, but you know, um, it's. It's one of those movies that I didn't expect to like, but I was like, oh, when it was finished, I was... And again, Kira Sedgwick is great. Uh, mm-hmm. Jeffrey Dom is always great. I feel like he doesn't get enough love. Um, and, I mean, the young actress, um, Mika Mika Monroe, whoever, who played the, yeah, the female lead, she was really good. So I was like, I mean, again, it's not a fantastic movie, but it was a surprising movie. And I was pretty... Uh, uh, when it was over, I was like, oh, yeah, that was, that was pretty enjoyable. And, and I, I like Bill Skarsgård, and I don't want to see him get typecast. Uh, so, you know, um, hopefully, you know, he gets more roles where he's not uh, in makeup you know, of some kind. But, um, but yeah. When I watched that movie, Bill Skarsgård in, in that role reminded me of a less fugly version 
of uh, that guy from SNL. You're gonna have to be more Pete, more Pete, Pete, Pete Davidson. Oh, dude, He's, ladies Pete, love Pete Davidson, dude. Dude, I don't, I, I do not know why. Okay, this is these are <laughs> these are questions that boggle my mind. Like he dated Cindy Crawford's daughter. I know this is not like horror and podcast, Ariana it, Grande. Yeah, yeah. This, this is like a Rick Ocasek effect. Like this is this is where I'm going with like Rick Ocasek from the Cars. The ugliest motherfucker okay. you've ever seen in your life. Mary Paulina Portskova. Okay, real quick. Like, the guys from the, Mick Mars. Mick Mars. Well, no, Mick, like, Mick, yeah, Mick Mars wasn't, he, he's a weird looking dude, but he, you know, Fu, he likes a fucking Fu Manchu. Like, but he, when he was younger, he was, I mean, he's still not like, like Nikki Six is like a, that dude could be like, you know, a model outside of like, you know, the band, like he was a good looking dude, but yeah. Mick Mars is a weird looking dude, but he was in a cool band. And, but that's what let I'm just saying. Look, it's... let's not, hold on. I, cause I want to get back to Rick Ocasek real quick. First off, there is no more. I mean, the dude was a human ostrich. Like he was the most fucking bizarre looking person that right? I've ever, I've ever seen. And I've seen him in person. I, we, I was walking around um, uh, North Hollywood and we saw him, coming out of a bookstore and me and my friends actually followed him and he's even <laughs> weird he's 75 percent neck i actually he passed away so i feel bad we shouldn't we're talking r.i.p i love the cars yeah so, and he's like, a great and again he's yeah. rick Ocasek, but yeah dude yeah. he was 75 percent neck 35 percent adam's apple 100 percent ears like he's the weirdest fucking look with a weird page boy haircut like yeah. he was a weird dude but he you know his he I mean, he was married to one of the most beautiful women ever. So that, that's what uh, I'm saying. I'm just saying, like, so the fact that people love Pete Davidson, like, it just, it's, I'm not surprised by it because of that. I mean, I definitely think Pete Davidson's but, better looking than Rick Ocasek, but, uh, I mean, yeah. like, but the girls love him. He's got that, like, bedroom eyes. He's got, like, that lanky kind of, I mean, like, stoner guy thing. I get yeah, it. I mean, yeah, he got high eyes. Yeah. He's got super high eyes. He's chill all the time. I don't know. Man, but anyways, that's he's pretty fucking funny. Uh, no, like the the weekend update ones. I yeah. mean, he. Hey, I am. I, I'm I've scored chicks like, on, on I, the basis I, of being hilarious. I would. I would definitely watch him in the the K of Staten Island, the new Judd Apple movie. It looks great. Like based I, off of his I, life. Yeah, I, I like him. I just uh, it's just that kind of like you're 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 fugly. Like so, you got to be really funny because like. Or hung on one of the two, but like, yeah. Well, I mean, Ariana Grande, like Ariana like Grande said he a little uh, effect. That's exactly it, what it is. Ariana Grande said he was the biggest she'd been with, and wow. then he came out and said that's not true, which is a weird. Uh, he said he, he actually said he has a theory that the only she said that after they broke up, and he's like, I think she only said that to ruin my life because now every girl I sleep with is going to be disappointed. <laughs> I was like, he's like okay, possibly. <laughs> maybe he was just saying that's not true because maybe she was the biggest he's ever been with. Actually, I don't want to say that the shoe falls on one foot or the other, you know. But I, I digress. But I yeah, totally agree though. Great movie. Um, I love villains. I thought it was really well done, and I and I really like the acting and like the dialogue. Um, yeah. Compared to like for the grand scheme of things, right? Like it really is kind of a one setting situation. Um, takes most of place in the house. You know, and there's really only at the end, like really two victims if in the grand scheme of things. So, yep. um, plus, for, let's for again, kind of let me just thriller. one more say, like, Kira Sedgwick is such a fucking great actress. Yeah, like, she is. And, you know, her, especially her performance at the very end was like, oh, this, yeah, yeah it's again, surprising little movie. Yeah, I like her. She's good. Actor. 
she's married to Kevin Bacon. So, you know, I, I figured like that's, you know. Are they still married? I thought yeah. they broke up finally. No, still married. Oh, good. Still married. I, 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 Talk I about somebody. Okay. Sorry. We're going to derail this real quick. I love Kevin Bacon, but he's to me is one of the weirdest, especially in the 80s. Like the two people that were sex symbols in the 80s, like for like teen girls uh, that I, I'll never understand were Ralph Macchio and Kevin Bacon. Because they aren't good. They weren't the looking no, dudes. I, I understand the Kevin Bacon thing because that, 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 I mean, even today, I mean, granted, he's older, right? But I mean, uh, he's always just looked weird. Like, even. He's a like, weird looking dude. I mean, like, I does. love him. He, uh, you know, I grew lanky. up with Footloose. He's lanky. He's lanky. But, like, I don't think he's that but, weird. Like, it's, but, but young Ralph Macchio. Young Ralph Macchio looks like a uh, Julian Casablanca of the Strokes, my friend. And no. I mean, he, maybe he, the lips, but no. He's a weird looking. He was never cute. Like, especially when you have guys like this is a weird con. This is a conversation. Sorry, the, the two youths, but I, I guess. Well, welcome to, back to the relationship to, show. To, <laughs> no, but guess what? To 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 to, uh, uh, to bring it kind of full circle. Uh, Ralph Macchio is actually in the TV show The Deuce. He plays a corrupt cop. Anyways, oh. Derek, what what else did you see this? <laughs> well, funny enough, I, I literally just finished up before this podcast. I just watched uh, Stir of Echoes. Um, awesome. So, ironically enough, of Kevin Bacon, uh, I, I haven't seen that movie in a long time, but I, I forget how weird that is. But yeah, he's in that movie. Like he's, you know, he's lanky, but he's like got those eyes, right? Like, he's like just wild. I gotta dig. I gotta dig. Yeah. I gotta, you know, that was like my favorite part. Like when he gets all manic and stuff. Yeah, uh, that's my favorite favorite Kevin Bacon. He's like, do the thing, do the thing. Um, so, <laughs> but. In the spirit of yeah, I watched I watched a ton this week. So in the spirit of kind of the our conversation tonight, which is like directed video, um, I watched a, a lot of things that were not mainstream. So I started off by watching. Uh, I, I mentioned in our, our previous kind of messaging that I, I discovered Tubi. So I was a recommendation in a horror forum that I'm in that says, "Hey, like Tubi's got some really great movies." And I was like pretty pleasantly surprised uh, at the amount of like free horror movies that are out there. So any of our listeners who are always thinking like, I don't have anything to watch, like go check out Tubi, man. That's, they have some good, some good movies on there and uh, they have some not so good movies on there, uh, but I didn't care because I just started watching everything. Uh, so I started off, uh, I watched, uh, I watched the taking of Denver Logan. A, fan, uh, which, a movie I'm actually a big fan of. Yeah, I thought that was really well done for a found footage, kind of not found footage film, but a footage film. Um, I thought it was great. Um, so creepy, like, the, especially the very end. I totally forgot about that scene uh, with the uh, disarticulated jaw yeah. and the steak yeah. head. And uh, definitely leaves you hanging at the end because, like, you're like, is that girl, like, going to be the next, like, Deborah Logan? Probably. Yep. She's yep. going to become a steak girl and bite people's heads off? Yep. Maybe. Um and I finished up. I watched. Uh, I watched Itsy Bitsy, uh, which was a spider movie. Very interesting kind of concept about a kind of a smuggled uh, a mom who kind of I don't want to say she's like on the run, but she's like has a serious drug problem. Like she says she's a pill popper, and uh, goes out to this like a remote like location, small town, to like take care of this elderly guy with her two kids. They're kind of she was in an accident, so you get the impression that, like killed her killed her uh, youngest son. She got fired, kind of clean start. So she goes, she's still pretty much like hooked on pills. The brother takes care of the younger sibling most of the time. So like that level of like parental neglect that you see in movies that you're like, that poor kid. Um, <laughs> but the whole, it centers around this artifact that uh, they kind of smuggle from this tribe 
and uh, his like adoptive son kind of breaks the artifact, tries to take it away from the, from the elderly guy that she's caring for, breaks open, and in there is a, a giant like monstrous spider, and uh, so it kind of bites the guy and then runs off and like hides in the attic, and the little girl keeps saying she's spiders, nobody believes her because they're like, you know, tiny spiders. Uh, but there's this big monstrous fucking spider uh, that nobody believes, and the mom's like too drugged out to figure it out. So it's kind of a very interesting, like dramatic yet uh, like very suspenseful, like what's gonna what's gonna happen here uh, type scenario. Um, so I thought that was pretty good. Um, not great, but if you're in the in the realm of watching a not so bad spider movie, so because uh, I, I I'm glad you brought this up because I'd forgotten about I I saw that when I saw the trailer. I was, and the trailer is one of those where it's almost like just one, like the whole trailer is sort of just one scene yeah. Um, where she's like, it's like she's seeing it under her bed or whatever. But I yeah. was like, that's interesting because it's not like, it's not like a giant spider. It's just an exceptionally large, like, like the size of maybe like a dog, maybe. Yeah, I would say, yeah, like a dog, like, or like a lampshade or something like that. Uh, yeah, not like a monstrous, like. Just a, just a, like, yeah. I thought yeah. that was a weird choice, but interesting. But yeah, yeah. well, I mean, it was kind of cool though because like it, it hid very easily. Like yeah. it, you could hide in things that come comes down the chimney. So it's like it's like one of those giant like tarantula spiders you you actually read about that are like two feet long. So yeah. um, I thought it was kind of cool. Like in in I mean I probably wouldn't live in a base like and be broken in case of emergency type situations. But not not a bad film if you're trying to do other things and trying to trying to watch. Then I I, uh, I watched The Hoarder, um, which was this weird uh, movie. It had the guy from, uh, and I was free. He always plays a weird guy. Uh, he played uh, played the child molester in a Prison Break TV show. Um, oh, I never saw that. Yeah, uh, you probably know him in a few other things uh, as well. It's kind of a weird looking dude. He always like kind of plays a skeezy criminal. Uh, but anyway, this, this woman Misha Barton, who is uh, kind of trying to stoop on her boyfriend thinks he's cheating. She has apparently a track record for doing that. She goes to a storage unit to try to dig through uh, some of his like stuff to figure out if he's cheating or not. And uh, while she, he's, she's there, she goes to the wrong level. She goes to like the fourth floor. Uh, her friend gets kidnapped by something strange. It's, he's got like a shaved head and his lips are like stapled together. And uh, you don't really kind of know what it is. And uh, it's like maybe somebody living in the storage unit or like a weird kind of castle free type situation. But it's like, <laughs> her and a few other people that are trapped there trying to make their way through and they're kind of getting picked off one by one. But it's, it's a weird, uh, it's a very weird ending. Like kind of a, has like a kind of a human centipede kind of, kind of ending. Uh, we're like, wow, I, I didn't actually expect that particular person to be involved in this. Um, let's say there's a very, very dumb uh, front desk guy. That's kind of really creepy, weird. Um, and of course he's like the ring leader behind it all. Um, and so, spoiler alert, he's, he's kidnapping people and uh, keeping them trapped in the storage units and, like, stapling their lips together. He busts out their front teeth so he can put a feeding tube in to feed okay. them like, rat, like rats in a cage because he's got a little rat in his cage. Uh, so he treats humans like that. And uh, he just comments on, like, nobody ever, nobody ever comes to claim anything in storage units. So people just figure they roll on by and keep going. And, like, sure enough, the girl's Misha Barton's uh, boyfriend at the end comes to look for her. And then he's like, you know what, fuck it, she left, like, Take my storage unit, sell everything inside. I don't care. Uh, so it was like, <laughs> it's pretty. It was pretty interesting, though. But the creme de la creme was, I started to uh, watch the Hellraiser series in its entirety. 
Oh, okay. Uh, by the way, so the actor I, is uh, Robert Nepper, by the way. Yes, Robert Nepper, yes. Yeah. Uh, he always kind of plays these, he has a lot of like uh, kind of side slimy. roles, but usually slimy roles, yeah, yeah. Um, in most of his roles. But yeah, I'm notorious uh, for um, a guy named Teddy in the Prison Break show who was a rapist in the child molester. Teddy Bagwell, He's a yeah. bad dude. Yeah, Bagwell. Uh, but anyways, yeah, I started watching, so I got up to, uh, to Hellraiser 3. Um, so far, so I got which is really honestly just stop there, Derek. Just no, don't I've do been, it to I'm, yourself. I'm committed. Uh, I didn't realize how many fucking Hellraiser movies are actually were out there. I, um, I, I mean, I thought there was maybe like six. There's like ten of them out there. Yeah. It's like uh, Hellraiser, Hellraiser Bloodline, Hellraiser Revelations. Inferno, Revelations, Judgment, Deader. Um, there's like a virtual one, like it's a, it a one That's in the worst space. One. Yeah. Um, so I was like, well, it, we're in the conversation tonight about home video releases and obviously some good, some bad. Um, hopefully we'll talk about the good ones tonight, but, um, yeah, it kind of prompted me. I'm like, I, I want to see this all the way through to the end and see how bad it gets before they reboot it and or make a TV show out of it. And hopefully they're smart enough to get Doug Bradley back because he is the best. And I would say yeah. so far, um, in my opinion, from what I see, Hellraiser 2, uh, is my favorite one. Uh, but that's a subjective. Yeah, I mean, people, Hellraiser 2 is uh, um, is the best of the friend. It's the Godfather Part 2. Uh, Hellraiser 1 is great, but it has problems. Like, it, um, But I actually really like Hell on Earth. Like, pe- people shit all over that movie, but it actually was the one movie in the trilogy, in the first three, that actually kind of upset me as a kid. It's anytime like the monster comes into a more reality based situation. Mm-hmm. When you see Cenobites walking down like a main street, like that's scary. Like to me, like that's, it brings it more home. And I, and even though some of the designs went really over the top and stupid with uh, the one that shoots CDs and the one oh, yeah, the camera, yeah. like some of them are dumb, but in a way that's still kind of upsetting. So, but you're a braver man. I I've seen, I would say 75% of the Hellraiser movies and I regret, 50% of them. So. <laughs> that is good. I, I do recognize that probably after three, it will become a total shit show. Yeah. Um, I will say that I'm not actively like intently watching them, but it's like playing in the background while I work. Um, but it's one of those things. I was like, I'll, I'll catch as many for free as I humanly can um, without having to pay for them. There Which good go. thing, most of them are shit. So they are all mostly for free uh, online or on streaming services, which are great. Um, but it kind of like kind of prompted me to think like there's, there are a lot of really uh, decent films or surprise films that don't come out in the, uh, in the mainstream theater. I think it's more relevant now than it ever was. Like, I think we're in an age now where like the eighties were like very early on with the invention of like the VHS tape. Um, like except now we have things in more in a digital format, but they don't release in the traditional mainstream theater. Um, so it's like we kind of like we've we've upgraded, but we've kind of gone back to that environment where people can make uh, and distribute much easier by doing it digitally, uh, just like they could, uh, you know, online. But uh, I didn't know if you had any any favorite uh, directed videos that you were you were surprised by. Well, so when we talked about this, when I mean, obviously, directed videos. Just as popular as ever. I mean, with avenues like Redbox and digital distributions, the quote-unquote straight-to-video for, like format or the straight-to-video 
business model uh, is as you know as popular as ever. Um, obviously, as soon as anybody says direct to video, I think of the heyday, the eighties uh, mm-hmm. era. Um, I brought this up, I think, on one of the very first podcasts that I, we filmed. Um, you know, that's why I love eighties, eighties horror so much, and just the eighties films in general was because with the advent of the home video system. Uh, it gave a lot of filmmakers a chance that would never have a chance. It got to, you got to see a lot of cool, interesting, low budget films that you would never have seen before it um, or had never seen before. The the home movie system was going to come out at some point, but, um, but I will say one of the things I, I, when I don't like to do a lot of research, I like to sort of um, have it be spontaneous, but you know, I was like kind of doing a little bit of homework. I was actually surprised at the movies I thought, I was pretty certain never had a, um, uh, a like an actual theatrical distribution that did movies like nine, seven, six evil and a bunch of movies. I was like, that Oh, had a, sh- that, had, that had theatrical release. It did. Yeah. Isn't that oh, weird? Right. Or, that is is, weird. Or it doesn't qualify or isn't listed as an actual. And again, I think like if it had like two screens in New York played it, it had a theatrical release. You know what I'm saying? Like, hmm. um, but so the list of legitimate, um, quote unquote, you know, straight to video uh, films of the '80s uh, isn't as wide as I, I'd assumed, but there's still like movies on there, you know, from really obscure shit that even a lot of horror fans don't know. Things like Tales from the Quad Dead Zone, uh, one of my personal favorite movies of all time, which I brought up in this podcast at least a few times. Um, David A. Pryor's Sledgehammer, which is one of the first films ever shot on video. Um, but yeah, there's a ton, a lot of sequels. Um, like Nine Seven Six Evil Two is a straight to video uh, film. But I mean, just that whole era. I mean, the thing is, like, if you think about the number of, you have like a lot of like films like Fright Night, great movie had theatrical distribution. Then you have Fright Night Part Two, um, which isn't as well known, isn't as well loved, but weirdly also still had theatrical distribution, which again, kind of catches, caught me a little bit off guard. Um, but, you know, obviously that, to me, that's still the heyday of, of uh, the direct-to-video market. Um, and not just, I mean, honestly, in the 80s, for me, it wasn't just horror. It was also action films. It was, I mean, literally anything, like um, weirdo art films and our house stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's, when anybody, anytime anybody says, direct to video to me i i think i take it very literal in my brain and i think actual uh video direct to video um uh vhs but you know there's tons of movies um uh past the 80s that like and you know obviously and that also still counts things like the 90s um I keep having to remind myself this is a horror podcast and not uh, going commando because I, <laughs> you know, think about, uh, you know, uh, uh, Blood Moon and all these weird, like, weirdo, low budget, you know, martial arts movies or action films, but there's a ton. But obviously, I think the, I'll finish my first thought and move it on to you, Derek. But obviously, if I think of the direct to video market, I have to think of two things. I have to think of, um, film distribution like wizard entertainment and all those vestron and all those companies that released um direct to home video movies um uh and in that i have to think of uh full moon 
So Full Moon Films, those all were pretty much direct-to-videos only. Um, and at, as a kid, it, I saw that fucking Full Moon logo on something. I wanted to see it. Because I knew it, even if it was dumb, it was going to be dumb fun that would suit me. Um, and that's why I like films like the Puppet Master uh, series, um, uh, the um, subspecies, like there's so, all of those classics we've talked about on this already. So as soon, like it, if somebody says direct, like straight to video, I'm thinking obviously um, the thing like Full Moon, and then obviously um, trauma films, or whatever. But I think of those ha- those film houses that were specifically everything they did was straight to video. So um, that's one of the biggest, my biggest memories of, of the eighties was those companies that basically just churned out all these low budget horror and exploitation films and how much I loved them as a kid. So, yeah, I think you make a really valid point because I think a lot of times when people think uh, like direct to video or digital release or whatever, I think the thought is in their mind that something has not had a, a theatrical release sometimes that's very hard to gauge, right? Because like sometimes you'll have a premiere or a screen for like, I remember when House of a Thousand Corpses came out as an example, like that was a movie that screened, screened super limited. Like it wasn't screened everywhere. It was like a handful of theaters like nationally, like before it expanded out or like 28 Days Later. 28 Days Later wasn't super popular either. Um, I know like when I was growing up, like trying to find that was like not exactly the easiest thing in, in the town that I lived in at the time. Yeah. So um but then you also have like yeah your your full moon uh, i always think when i think direct video i think of like trauma um yeah that's always my like you know uh toxic avenger and uh, Sergeant of boogeyman and tromeo and juliet and attack of the killer condom and class of duke of high and, and all those like uh those are all ones that like i just like full moon like anytime i saw that i i knew it was going to be trash but it was going to be really good trash like and i really wanted to to watch it because I knew it was going to have something in there. If anything, it was going to have some titties and <laughs> I knew that I was going to see some titties and that was all that I needed to at that young age to want to see. And if it had like some blood and guts in there too, awesome. Primarily the, the criteria for direct to video movies, horror check boobs check. Good to go. That's right. I mean, what is it? Uh, Roger Corman's like his, his three B's of uh, as blood boobs and butts. There we go. Uh, so, I mean, he's, he's got the three Bs uh, in his films. So, you know, those were always good too. Um, I mean, the thing is, you know, it's funny because I grew up a big, obviously we've talked on this podcast, even my personal experience with the, the first time I saw Toxic uh, Avenger, I'm literally sitting in front of Toxic Avenger toys and comics uh, on my wall. But I, it's weird. I don't, to me, trauma made, art like weirdo low budget like because what i mean like citizen toxie like what is that move like you can't tell me that's any specific genre sergeant kabuki man is a super racist superhero comedy like i don't even know like so we're like you know for me full moon made legitimate actual like horror movies but it's funny because again weirdly like so if anybody just says the word trauma i'm immediately 12 years old, I'm in front of my VCR, eating a bowl of cereal, uh, watching Class of Newcomb High, which again was, to me it was always uh, Toxic Avenger, and then immediately after that was uh, uh, Class of Newcomb High. It's like the, the, 
the essential of the uh, the trauma films. But then you know, Fatty goes berserk, and there's so many stupid Mother's Day, which is technically oh. a trauma movie. Um, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were the yeah. uh, they they released it. Um, but so the thing is, you know, we live in a time when. Um, I wonder if it's rose-colored glasses because I, I look at a movie like, um, we'll say like the movie Sledgehammer, obviously, uh, is not a great film. I, I love it. Um, or like, we'll say Psy- Psychos in Love. That's a perfect example. It's a, you know, a notorious but not super well-known um, uh, direct-to-video horror film. You know, I love it. It's super weird and cheesy. It's goofy, but I love it. But now the equivalent today is you know like there's like a thousand different zombie movies these like really like bad low budget um uh horror slat like slashers that are so watered down it's like they're just copies of copies of copies and like those i deride and look down on but are they really that different like is it because it was the 80s and it's nostalgia that makes me love a movie like psychos in love but not like say i'm trying to think of a good like or an example of a what's a what's a modern slasher you know um well i mean you could take like something like uh <clears throat> the remake like of rest Black. stop or what's yeah. that yeah well yeah rest stop i mean you have like uh i mean you can remakes you have remakes of the hitcher um you could have like or like you could take like uh the strangers like that's i would consider that like a modern like modern see but no that i would say that that's it's definitely slasher inspired, but that that's like an art. Like that's actually a well-made movie. Like, I, are you talking about shitty slasher? Like, like B movie? Yeah, like low, but like shitty. Like in the same way, Psychos oh. in Love is just. Well, like, a, can't, like, like I mean, you could take like Candy Corn for example. We talked about that like yeah. a week ago. I mean, that is. I mean, uh, kind of you have your Michael Myers esque character and the Candy Corn dude, and uh, he kills people in the very like prototypical like slasher slasher way. I mean, that to me is one that would like. I don't know. I'm surprised that actually like was not back in the eighties. It would be a director video. Like um, another thing I watched this week, uh, by the way, uh, which is also on Tubi is a, is a show. It's a Canadian uh, show called punk foo zombie, uh, which is also something that you would expect to see trauma or full moon yeah. put out uh, with uh, Canadian punks in the future fighting off a zombie apocalypse so uh very very interesting um but yeah movies like that i mean you, you look at movies nowadays and it's a look at netflix like look at voodoo look at any streaming first you have your main staples like at the very front the further you scroll down the deeper you go you're like it half those movies look like they were shot on the home video yeah well and that and but see that's and that kind of is where i start to wonder like like right now a movie like motel hell is like considered like a classic like it's you know for horror fans it's 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 silly and campy but we love it we put on t-shirts it's like a cool thing to love but for like kids that are like eight or nine years old are they gonna like do the same thing have this reverence for these goofy low budget films they see on netflix and stuff when they're our age are they gonna like look up to whatever the equivalent would be um you I know i don't think so i i don't think they can because there's there's way too much variety 
and access to like be able to like watch that stuff that I don't know if anything like that would it, to me like I don't think anything like that would resonate when, when my kids watch like when my son watches like and has watch parties he, they're watching reanimator they're watching this stuff like they're watching well, movies like that they're not like pulling from modern like modern but see horror. I I totally understand what you're saying and and I definitely feel like your son specifically is at that age where they're they're specifically looking up the cool ones like the ones that have some sort of cash that have some sort of reputation for being um worthwhile like good uh horror films but there's gonna be kids who are just sitting at home turning on netflix and being like and i and the thing is i'm saying that but i know there are i've talked to them online i see them on social media i see these young guys these 16 quit talking to kids online uh well you know i'm trying to trying to troll for 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 young bait um, he, as, he's the, not serious, old, by the way. He's no, not serious. No, I'm not. No, we're not going to mention Twitter. We're not going to mention Twitter. The chat uh, transcript so, said. Uh, so real quick, I, I have to make, make this. I was having this conversation no. with. Uh, no, no, shut up. So uh, you know things you don't think about. I had a teacher in high school. Um, I will not say his name. Um, he was an older uh, Afri- uh, black man. He was an older black man. Very heavy. He had to work with a cane. But. Uh, he was my ge- geography teacher in high school. Uh, first off, uh, he would say things like he called legs walking sticks and he would tell girls they had nice walking sticks. Um, he would literally, like, if a, he'd ask the, like, a pretty girl, like, how are you doing today? And she'd say, fine. He'd be like, I know you're fine. I asked her, how, you, how are you doing? Stuff like that. <laughs> but he used to literally come into class and go, look at all this young bait. And I'd be like, what? How is that okay? That's, that's when teachers had tenure. I'm just saying. I know, exactly. This was, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this was a long time ago, as I am an old man. But, um, but <laughs> at the time, it, it, was, it flew. But like, I was like, dude, that would not be co- co- kosher today. Anyways, but what I was saying was, obviously, there's going to be kids that just turn on. They, they like it because it, they can relate to it. It's modern. And maybe they like, because I remember being a young man and hating the 70s. Now the 70s is my favorite. I can watch any movie set in the 70s, even movies that aren't, didn't actually, weren't filmed in the 70s, but look like this. I love it. By the time it just, because I wanted stuff that was current. I wanted mid 80s. I didn't want to see like, ooh, grimy, you know, grainy Gia- films. Giallo 70s. films. Exactly. What's I want to see like. Giallo. <laughs> but so, so I wonder, but I will say, I think the difference is, and I've said this before, I think what made the 80s in that first wave of those films so interesting and fun and important was that they weren't trying to copy anything. Like if you look at a movie, like um, we'll say for example, we'll just keep with what I was saying. We'll say motel hell, you know, obviously like they like took inspiration from things that, you know, like Ed Gein and stuff, but like, but they like, it's so, or a movie like tourist trap is an even better example. Like, they're not cop. That's just a weird ass movie. The director had an idea. They said, what would be scary? How about this? And like, you know, usually it was a producer just trying to sell a movie poster and like they would come up with directors and, but the, they were trying to do something new and fun. And that, that's the one thing the eighties films had. And especially the low budget director film is that they were just fun. They had a weird sense of humor. They didn't take themselves too seriously. Um, you had lines like bodacious booby sis, like, all these weird ass, like <laughs> bizarre creative choices, neon maniacs. Um, but nowadays you're getting all these guys that are trying to, they're self-referential. They're trying to be like, 
oh, I'm a huge fan of Halloween, so I want to make the new Halloween. It's like, no, just make them just have an original vision. That we talk about like remakes and sequels and all the shit, but a movie like The Hills Run Red, that's a fucking remake. It's just remaking a million movies. It's remaking The Hills of Eyes. It's remaking Texas Chain. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just they're just copying the formula. Well, I mean, I think that that's part of the problem, right? Is because then you watch a movie like Christine, which is a classic. But then you go to Netflix and there's a movie called The Car, you know? Well, The Car did come out in 1976, though. Did it really? Oh, shit, yep. it did. Well, yeah, it's a great me. movie, okay. too. But I know what you're right. saying. Like, there's, you're going to yeah. see those cash-ins of, like, like... Well, there is. And then there's also The Car, Road to Revenge, in 2019. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, you have things like, uh, you know, you have Day of the Dead, and then you have, like, Day of the Dead Bloodline. With, exactly uh, jonathan skeech you know so i mean you have all these movies but then you have their, their direct like walmart brand ripoff um yeah. as you go through and that's and that's what you're gonna as you troll through like netflix that's what you're gonna that's what you're gonna find and occasionally you'll have like you'll have gems right you'll have like henry rollins in he never died i thought it was yeah. great uh love henry rollins or you'll have um like the babysitter we talked about babysitter fun dumb but um but also you know not terrible so i mean there are movies that you're you're gonna find that are gonna be on there that are gonna be great i mean hopefully somebody comes across event horizon you know before they come up with uh you know like truth or dare you know um, yeah but if they, you don't know what you're looking for you're gonna you're gonna find the dumb shit um and can we also under- just say real quick that um uh because you mentioned uh we didn't talk about the beginning one too uh super excited that um event horizon is getting a screen factory release a special yes. edition rumors that they're trying to somehow i still don't um fully understand like how they're, they they want to like either refilm or recreate or or because it's as far as i know the footage was lost um it was you know stored in some salt mine or whatever of that sequence and that the film is lost i don't know well, what they want so here's here's what i read in an article about that there is there's rumor to be a 20 minute of vhs footage mm-hmm. that exists that is not damaged um okay so that's what uh wes anderson had said or is it uh whatever the guy's name is did event horizon uh but anyways uh he he had said that there was 20 minutes of like footage that was not uh that was not damaged and like alluded to the fact, I think it's where people are getting that from is alluding to the fact that eventually it could be on a director's cut or extended book or things like gotcha, that. So okay. Maybe that's in there, which would be amazing. Um, but, but either way, I'm just glad, yeah, because just glad it's getting yeah. some sort of special edition release. Right. Uh, so, yeah. So you have a movie like that, which is awesome. But like, it's like if you took that and made like 20 like generic ripoffs and then they're all in a queue together because you like Event Horizon, therefore you'll like any of the following. That's that's where the trap is. You're not going through a video store and like kind of checking out, like reading the box cover, or like getting a feel for it. You get like a two sentence synopsis that tells you that you're gonna like it because you liked X. Like you don't get a chance to judge that on your own. So I feel like that's like, that's where people will end up watching like half movies or quarter movies or I don't want to watch this because it sucked and that says Event Horizon's just like that. So I'm not gonna watch it. So I think that is, that is a downside almost of recommendations from like systems to tell you that you're going to like something that you, and, and I think it just may mean you will miss out. I think that's the benefit of like, when you talk about direct-to-video it's like, those are movies that like 
just didn't have the budget for theatrical release. But I mean, they, I mean, they were so great movies. Whereas these movies, like they know they're going to go to, they, they can probably theatrical release, but they know it's going to flop. So it's going to go to a Netflix. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing. It's like, you know, for, if you think about the, um, you know, a lot of films just, you know, in, in the eighties, they weren't getting distribution and, um, people knew like a lot of them were basically like that's why i said before um there were whole companies that were saw a need for new films like that's why you know i mean literally film wouldn't exist and why um you know he started wizard distribution and was like hey man i can make a lot of money just making very cheap movies and getting them quickly into video stores because they want them so you know it wasn't even an art at that point it was literally just he saw a need in the market it was capitalism he was like hey I, there's all these mom and pop shops. Nobody's they're just nobody's making movies fast enough. Let me s- start like making movies cheap, and it was right. And then other companies started doing it, um, and then buying up European horror and doing very terrible fucking translations to it. And um, you know, but the the thing is, again, at the time, there were still people legitimate. I mean, I, I know this is highfalutin, and I'm sort of, and I'm, maybe I'm also projecting, but. They were like legitimate filmmakers. Like they were trying to like, even if they were like hired on, uh, you know, the Roger Corman is a perfect example of this. Uh, an AIP, Roger Corman was just trying to make movies on the cheap. He just happened to find unbelievably talented people to fucking make his movies for him, and so they would make these. They get these small budgets and try to make the best movie they can, and then they would on the weekends make their own amazing movies. But you still had that sense of like the auteur and the directors and filmmakers trying uh, if you think about people like fred decker and all these people like you know they were making low budget movies but they were legitimate good filmmakers they just didn't have great budgets or you know um the best cast or whatever but but today it's literally just no talent hacks just like and it, i i've said this before and i'll say it to the day i die sometimes fans are the fucking wrong people to do something because somebody like I love fucking horror movies. I love horror movies. I love Texas Chainsaw. That's great, but what, do you have anything original to say, or are you just replaying all those movies in your head and you want to basically remake them? Because nobody needs that shit. Make, have your own voice, say something original. And a lot of these guys are just like fucking dudes with like, you know, who've seen uh, you know, Ghost Hunters too many times and uh, think just because they have a subscription to fucking, you know horror hound magazine that they can make a movie no man you still you still no talent hack like do something original do something yeah, unique yeah. and a lot of these are just nope. yeah nobody nobody needs the uh the 25th installment of paranormal activity when you can have like and granted to your point like the uh, full moon pictures like were they the top quality no but at least they're original i mean yep. well, whoever would would have put together a movie about literally supernatural shrunken heads yep. that <laughs> that fly around and, and revenge their death but also like make out with the girl of their dreams by going up their shirt and then but they're also shrunken heads i mean like <laughs> you would never find that these days and but yet it, at least it was original right yeah well, i'd rather watch forget. that than 10 other remakes that potentially could come out people forget because it, they eventually turned into the studio that did like ginger, ginger dead man and stuff. But, <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, the, the bong one. Um, but the first 
Puppet Master movie is a good movie. Like, yeah. it's actually like a like the acting is solid. The script is pretty smart. It's night. I mean, like I said, they filmed in Europe because it was cheaper, but also made it seem more grand and continental. Um, you know, the the subspecies, the first subspecies movies was a good. I mean, they were they, you know, blockbusters were they fucking like on the same level as like a really expensive Hollywood film? No, but they were still good movies. Yeah, then you cut free. to. Yeah, Castle Freak, a perfect yeah. example. But I think um, when it comes down to it, too, like, I mean, you're talking about the originality. Even if the movie sucks, it was still something original. Like, I think you mentioned it one time. Um, you can correct me, but it was either like a Critters movie where they go to college. Uh, Ghoulies. It was Ghoulies. Ghoulies 3. Ghoulies 4. Ghoulies go to college, right. <laughs> and, and so it's funny, like, you have a movie like Ghoulies, and then, like, I read, like, in the 20 million horror articles that I read a day, like Ghoulies is going to get a remake. Like Ghoulies can never to me get a, get a remake and do it in the way that Ghoulies was originally because Ghoulies yeah. was just so original. Yeah. These were, you know, kind of like a, a little bit of a more demonic gremlin ripoff, but right. I mean, they were great. Um, uh, you know, the changeling, that's another one that's, that's getting a, uh, it's getting a remake. Um, so that know, one makes more sense to me. Like that I can see because there was one that's kind of atmospheric and yeah, I mean, yeah. It's like an intelligent movie. Goldies is like, it's so dumb, it's fun. Right. Um, so unless you can, and first of all, the second somebody says, so we're going to do the CGI, nope, forget it. Like, it's yeah. not like, yeah. And, I, and I, think that's where, I think that's where the originality comes from too because you were so limited on what the technology was back in the day. It's like, well, how do we make this cool and yep. interesting and fun? And that's what you got. And now it's just like, well, we have this budget and we have a guy that can make it look like a ghoulie uh, you know, without having to build like a, uh, you know, uh, what things called animatronic or or I, a claymation or whatever. I will say this: this is the perfect example of why I kind of I want I like like I was oh, there's a new Critters movie. It was boring. People got super stoked about uh, that new. I heard, kept hearing how great the new um, Puppet Master was, like the sort of comedy one. It was dumb, like. And I'm like, so you know, with, uh, Thomas Lennon. Yeah, which is weird. Like he, like he's yeah. still sort of slumming in that. But I mean, the movie's so like up its own ass. It was like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I don't want that. I don't want a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I'm, like, a, pu- I'm a puppet. Yeah, exactly. Like in this dumb. Like no, I want you to make a good movie. Like it's like I don't need some hipster version of that movie. Like hey, let's all laugh how dumb this is. Like that's not cool. Like. You know, everybody laughed about Snakes on a Plane because the fucking title, but the movie took itself relatively seriously in a dumb exploitation title, which is actually the best thing about it. But like, <laughs> um, but like, if you watch the movie, it's like, it, it's still sort of trying to take itself seriously. Yeah. That's why, you know, <clears throat> as fans, like if I love some, I, I, I've said this a million times, I know, but I fucking hate, like, like, Liking something ironically is obnoxious to me. And I also just don't even understand it. I like something, yeah, um, uh, I like things that are dumb, and I know they're dumb, but I don't like it because, like, again, I'll bring it back to the movie uh, uh, Sledgehammer. Um, yes, it's a terrible movie. It, it is. It, it's, it's inarguably a terrible movie. Everything about it is bad. But that's not why I like it. I like it because it's genuinely an interesting movie. Like, despite the limitations, despite that really amateur acting and the sort of really 
uh, obvious low quality aspects of it. Um, I like what I, I really, there's a charm to it. I can appreciate, I can see what the, the director was trying to do. Um, some of it, I can't see what he's trying to do, but that's what makes it kind of enjoyable. Like I don't, I can't fathom why that decision was made, but it's, it's at least interesting. Um, but I'm not like, I'm not like laughing at the movie. I think that's specifically, I'm not laughing at the movie. I'm still laughing with the movie. Yeah. It might not be like the director's necessary, necessarily the same intention, but it's, it's not like there, if, if a movie's so bad that you have to laugh at it, to me, that's not, that's not that enjoyable. Like, but, you know, that's a whole separate argument. But yeah, um, no, I, I totally agree with you. There's a there's a line between like very fine, yeah. M- mocking mocking a film, like and laughing at it because like it exists, or just saying like there there's elements like maybe it's so ridiculous it's funny, but like I'm I'm laughing or like there's great elements maybe laugh. I saw this the other day, like one of the movies I, I didn't mention I watched, like was uh was Vamp. And I love Vamp from the 80s. Vamp one movie? Oh, I was just talking about Vamp today. Yeah, with, yeah, with Grace Jones. It, that, yeah. it was also on Tubi, and I haven't yeah. seen it in forever. And I was like, you know what? It's got long. It's got Ken Watanabe, Long Duck yep. Dong. Dong. Uh, you know, it's got uh, the it's got uh, great Grace Jones, uh, Nubian Goddess. Gotta what's the name from uh, Fr- uh, from Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two? Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so great, great actors. Now you watch the movie, right? And you understand, like this came out primarily close to like Fright Night, right? Yeah. So you know it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's uh, kind of got a little bit of a Fright Night vibe, but it's original enough that it holds your interest. It's funny enough that you laugh with it, right? I mean, you have uh, Billy Draco as uh, as the uh, albino street gang. Uh, yep. is even Snowflake, right? I mean, yep. come on. I mean, just the whole, like, I loud seeing the diner with the, with the girls, you know, his gang members, like Seductively and the Twizzler, and then, like, the guy's winking at her, and then she smiles, and she's only got three teeth, and he's, like, spits on his coffee, and, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's funny. I'm not laughing at it because it's, like, cheesy. It's just got that comedic horror element to it. Um, yeah. And, and it's worth it, you know? I mean, it, the nightclub owner keeps talking about going to Vegas, and he was trying to convince Grace Jones to go to Vegas, um, <laughs> which I found was even more ironic because that's where the, the remake of the Friday Night movie takes place is in yep. Vegas, which I was like, you hit the nail on the head but movies like that that are like an interpretation of something that already exists but like original enough to stand on its own are great but to your point like i think a lot of times as fans we we actually put the wrong signal out there to filmmakers to say like i really love texas chainsaw massacre it's such a great movie that's awesome like i love the original texas chainsaw massacre it doesn't mean we got to remake it 20 goddamn times yep. for me to like it more i'm still gonna like the original better it's like nightmare on elm street right like yep. Do we well, need to, we do. even beyond that, like people, oh, I love Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. I love it too. Why do you like it? Do you like it because you think the big scary man with the chainsaw is cool, or do you like it because it's one of the most tense, realistic horror movies ever made? It's filmed like a documentary. It's one of the most unsettling shot films of all time. The sound design, like, it's a fucking good movie. That's why you like it. But if you only thing you're taking from it is the superficial, stupid aspects of it then you're not going to make a good movie because you're not, you're not appreciating why it's actually a good movie. Um, you know, I recently rewatched, uh, uh, the disaster artist and that's a great movie. And I think, uh, you know, it's, it, it's a movie. I, 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 I 
could watch maybe once every like year or so and enjoy. But I have no interest in re- rewatching The Room. The Room is a movie that was ba- it's a bad movie. And yes, it is so bad that it's laughable and you can laugh at it. But that doesn't hold my interest. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like, if, if it's still just a bad movie, I'm like, it's as bad as any low budget, big budget. It just sucks. If it's still a boring, bad movie, it's a bad movie. Or like uh, Leprechaun in the Hood, which is, you can laugh at it, but it's actually decent. Fun. Yeah, it's like fun, you can yeah. get into it. Like, the thing that people do not understand about somebody like, say, Ed Wood. Ed Wood was... Yeah, bad filmmaker to the point that like it was it's pretty laughable. But the dude had so much heart and he was trying to make a great movie and some of that still translates. Like they're still interesting movies. He filled them with interesting characters. He filled them with interesting people. Uh he was you can see he had a voice. Maybe he didn't articulate it in a way that like a more sophisticated filmmaker could, but the heart of it there's still there's still an enjoyable aspect to it. That's not very common, so that's why somebody like Edward sort of stands out. But, and it's why I think David A. Pryor is the Edward of the eighties. Um, uh, if you've never seen Deadly Prey, do yourself a favor. Um, but uh, it's like that thing where there's now it's becomes there's everything is so homogenous. You go to Redbox right now and go to the horror section. Every movie in there, every single one for the most part, if it isn't like a big but bigger budget film is some copy of either uh the conjuring or paranormal activity or it's a zombie movie or it's a shitty you know that really unoriginal slasher movie nobody is doing anything that's like remotely interesting that's why when they even if they're not like satanic panic in these movies that come out that aren't even that great but because in this day and age they're trying to do something with the with the horror movie something that's either original or fun or has some sort of original take on it we go oh let me see that because everything else on the fucking shelves is so bad so at least that's my opinion like i said i know i'm an older man that is very much stuck in the past in lots of ways but i genuinely love and get excited by new stuff and new films and new filmmakers um and i remember seeing house of the devil and being like this is my guy ty west is my guy he gets it and then subsequently every other movie he's made after that i haven't cared for nearly as much but i i want i want i'm waiting for it i want there to be those new dudes those new filmmakers the new films but you know just don't see it as often yeah unfortunately I think the uh, the key takeaway is you know there's there's a lot of a lot of great movies out there that don't get theatrical releases, but unfortunately in this day and age, like more current than anything, you kind of have to wade through the garbage to kind of yeah. find the treasures. Um, but it just it doesn't mean because it's driving the kind of the moral story. It's just because it's direct video, direct video on demand, doesn't mean it's a bad movie. It you just know, means that somebody may just have made a smart move to distribute it differently uh, and to get it to a wider audience, which makes sense, especially in this day. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I, I didn't even think about it until you just said that. But, you know, in the, in the, in the 80s, there was theatrical release and direct-to-video, but we live in a much more complicated time because there's multiple layers because you have, like, the stream service originals. And, yeah, maybe they're not so great that you, they would get released. They would really make their money back in a theatrical setting with the cost of all of that, but they're still good films, the Netflix originals, the Hulu originals, and there's going to be those great movies. Then you have that next layer under that, which are the movies that were independently made that 
you know, um, had some heart, but maybe weren't that great, but maybe had a star in it or something, um, or were made by somebody who made a good movie once in a while. Um, those sort of like mid-level beyond fest films. Um, and maybe you'll see those pop up on a streaming service. Um, and then you have the bottom of the barrel, which is the, the ones that nobody ever rents from the red boxes and the ones that are like, when you go to uh, Fandango on your Roku and go do films to rent, they're the ones that you're like, Oh, I, how is that even a movie? So there's even different levels with like online with the advent of streaming. We now have so many avenues to watch movies now that we're actually really spoiled, but it's also given more and more avenues for lesser and lesser quality films to sort of compete with big budget movies. So yeah, very, very true. Very, very wonderful statement to, to end yeah, on tonight. Definitely. Very passionate as always, Jimothy. We, we, we greatly appreciate it. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, you're this good, man. This has I, been the Jimothy Hour. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I love your, I love your passion, and, and I agree with you, and I think that's why, because of that, like, you find yourself as you go through the copious amounts of streaming services and content that are out there, like, you circle back to what you like, because a lot of times that's the comfort, you know, like, I don't know how many times I put on a movie and I've seen a million times and there's a million other movies I haven't seen, but it's like, this is the one that I trust. Like, right. You stick with the devil, you know, you know, that type of situation. Absolutely. Well, let's, uh, let's uh, really quick name a movie, both of y'all um, that you would recommend to our viewers uh, that was direct, direct to video that sh- they should watch. Derek, I'll let you. <laughs> um, I would say if, I, if I'm pulling from if I'm pulling from the '80s, um, okay. kind of that that video market. Um, I'm I'm gonna go with I think we, we had mentioned it before, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it again. Hey, check out Castle Freak. I think that's a great movie. Um, oh, that's a great to go, choice to, to go check out. If I had to pick something from like modern, um, you know, something that's maybe like directly to the like streaming services now. A little bit harder um, to pick, but I would say you know what one we've talked about uh, that I've actually uh, actually grown to appreciate. I've watched it a few times. is is Haunt. There you go. So that's that's one that uh, that you know came directly. Never had the actual release. Came directly to video, and um, I think that's a, a pretty you know having watched it a few times. It's a, it's a pretty well done movie. It's grown to me. Uh, awesome. So that's one to check out. That uh, is is a diamond in the rough. Good deal. And what about you, Jimothy? Well, I won't say any modern because I, I couldn't probably name one immediately, but I will say, uh, I'll give you two. Uh, I will say um, Hack-A-Lantern is a movie that doesn't get nearly enough love. Uh, not, you know, it's, it's not a masterpiece, but it's definitely a fun watch in an 80s uh, direct video And then one of my favorite movies ever, uh, Maniac Cop 2, I think is a quintessential, you know, the small budget, but they used the, they made the most of that fucking budget. I think Maniac Cop 1 is great, but Maniac Cop 2 is even better. Uh, that's everything when, that's when Maniac about, Cop starts getting interesting. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, if you like horror movies, and if you like this podcast, Maniac Cop 2 is one of, uh, one of those movies I would recommend to anybody. Good recommendation, buddy. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that, guys. And it was another great episode, uh, if I do say so myself. Well, I'm, I'm going to say that every episode. Uh, so... They're all great in my heart. Uh, but, of course, if you thought it was great, feel free to, to uh, follow us on uh, Spotify. There we go. I can't speak. Uh, and then make sure to go subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. 
And yeah, follow us on social media at Tank Rod Pod. That's on Twitter and the Instagram. That's at T-A-N-K-R-O-D-P-O-D. And you can use the hashtag TP Massacre or uh, hashtag Tank Rod Pod. Let us know what you think. Did we miss anything? Did the guys, you know, leave anything off, uh, you know, this episode that you would like to, to talk about? Well, uh, yeah, if you, any, uh, any, any young bloods out there that are, uh, you know, kind of listening that are uh, born in the digital age, uh, let us know your thoughts, man. I would, lo- I would love to get uh, what the young kids are, are doing nowadays. Uh, Jimothy would love to get with the young kids. Hey now, hey yo! I'm kidding, folks. I am. Call me daddy. No, 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 no. We gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta go. Thank you so much for listening to the Texas Podcast Massacre. We're out. Bye. (laughs) Bye.